Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that even whether you like him or not, he's got enough pelts on the horses, the wall, whatever, general patches, our army, con- I mean, he's got it all. You, you you respect that guy and you give him the respect. And players in general a lot patches? I don't know what, what the, the hell, hell they are. General I don't, patches. You know, the things that they put on there to give them. Uh, is that what they're called? Epaulets? Is that what they're called? I don't even know. Great. Yes. Medals? Yes. Medals? Medals. Sure. Medals sounds medals? good. Those medals are good. I like the medals. Yes. Mike Florio. I mean, don't waste your time reading, uh, reading crap like that. Uh, the. The. the portrait of Aaron Rodgers on the horse reminded me of the was it Tony Soprano with a horse is that what it was I really don't know but like honestly I mean uh what are those things called on like the generals when they have those things there that are all those you know they mean something commendations is that what they are commendations I don't yeah yeah I mean it's amazing you've had 22 hours to research it and you completely forgot about it until we made fun of you the next day. Right, right. You haven't looked it up. You got no curiosity about it that you would satiate by using Google. No, it's Metals, more fun pins, doing it this way. It's more fun this way. Let's figure it out on the fly. But, I mean, apparently you guys don't know either. I mean, you Pete what said I, 20 things in my I ear. Do you this. said 20 things I, in my I do ear. Know this. So you don't know either. I do know this. What? Whatever it is, <laughs> it's not patches. <laughs> <laughs> it's not patches. Okay. It's not patches. <laughs> You're right. There, there may be many <laughs> words that can be used to describe the various decorations on the front of the uniform of a general. Right. Patches is <laughs> not oh. one of them. Not one of them. Okay. Good, Good. morning. We got BFT Live. Hello. Peacock, NBCSN, Sky Sports, 10 p.m. local time this week. So hopefully, folks in the UK and Ireland, you've You've gotten your rest today, and you're ready to lock in for the next couple of hours. Although some of this stuff that you are going to hear about over the course of the next two hours, if you're watching it then, you've already heard about it if you look for it, because today's the day where we're going to find out eventually the schedule. But there's going to be an avalanche of leaks. You know, 
some years, the NFL clamps down deliberately, aggressively, zealously, and successfully right. on any and all information getting out about the schedule. Other years, it's open season. And this feels like an open season year. There's already plenty of stuff out there. And all of week one is going to be announced in the course of the next couple of hours. We'll have that for you here on PFT Live. The obvious attraction, the Thursday night opener, we'll know who the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are hosting. We've known that they were going to hosting the game since they won the Super Bowl. That's been the formula every year except the 100th season when the Packers and the Bears got together to start the campaign a couple of years ago. So we'll find out and we'll tell you about it and we'll give you our thoughts. There is one thing I want to mention, though, what? and it's publicly reported by reputable news outlets. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me, Chris. OK. Week one, 425 p.m. Eastern, the ultimate hedge Packers Saints in the main game, according to Jeff Duncan of The Athletic. And the other 4.25 p.m. Eastern game, Broncos, Broncos right. at Giants. Right. So unless Aaron is not Can't playing at all, way. right? he's going to be in one of those two games. Yeah, going to be in one of the big market games there for whoever's going to get that showcase Saturday, uh, Sunday afternoon football game. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would think that was – I would think that was like a major curveball for – all the TV companies here involved in this and the schedule making and like wanting games and things like that, you know, with Aaron Rodgers. Hey, we know Green Bay is a, a, a national team, right? They have a national following, but they're not like as a prime time, just must see, must watch as, as much without Aaron Rodgers. And of course, Denver, that changes them. So I, I would think that some of these executives were pulling their hair out worrying about this a little bit. Well, and the big game, one of the biggest of the year, one of the most significant other than Buccaneers and Patriots would be the first ever right. meeting between Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes because they almost played in 2019, but Mahomes was hurt at the time. We expected possibly to see them in the Super Bowl this past year. That didn't happen thanks to the Buccaneers winning at Lambeau Field. So if Rodgers doesn't play for the Packers, then if he plays for the Broncos, we get two of them. Broncos Chiefs, Chief Broncos. But they, they need to hold those games until spots in the year where they can slide them out or make it a secondary 425 p.m. Eastern game and it can be elevated to the main 425 p.m. Eastern game because I guarantee you that's what's happening if somehow Aaron Rodgers ends up for the Broncos. Broncos-Giants becomes the game, right. not Saints-Packers. Uh, the Jordan Love debut, not nearly as sexy as Aaron Rodgers playing his first game, not for the Packers, and playing a big market team like the Giants. But all of week one will be announced by the various networks over the course of the next couple of hours. Again, stick here, and we'll, we'll give you all the information as it comes out. Now, let's get to the news. And Aaron Rodgers knocked Tim Tebow off the top of the stack the afternoon that the draft began, thankfully. That was the last thing that anyone wanted to do was delve into the possibility of a guy who's been out of the NFL for nearly a decade coming back as some sort of a gimmick with the Jaguars. Well, now, now that the Jaguars are in this weird holding pattern of we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we're going to do it, we just haven't done it yet, basically, Yeah, Tebow is knocking Aaron Rodgers off the top stack, at least for a little while. And we're going to talk some more about Tebow because it really is imminent. 
let's let's not take my word for it as if anyone ever would take my word for anything. Here's Urban Meyer, coach of the Jaguars, talking to Chris Collinsworth on the Chris Collinsworth podcast about whether or not the Jaguars will be signing Tim Tebow. Here it is. Yeah, we have not signed Tim. Uh, there's a thought going around. You know, he uh, he was in the best shape of his life, asked to see if he could work out with a couple of our coaches. Uh, I wasn't even there. And uh, they came back to me and said, wow, this guy's in incredible shape. And I said, then I went another time and watched him try him out. And they said, go work on these things. He comes back later. They try him out again. I'm not there. And they come in and they said, wow. You know, this guy's ball skills, he's a great athlete. He looks like he's 18 years old, not 20, whatever he is, 33. And uh, I said, guys, you don't understand now. This guy is, you know, he's the most competitive maniac you're ever going to talk to. And let's give it a shot. And I have not decided if we're going to do that or not yet. I'm getting close. I got to make a decision here pretty soon. You know, there are certain people I really would like to play poker with in the NFL. I think Urban Meyer is one of them. Uh, let's give it a shot. We haven't decided to do it yet. Let's give it a shot. We're not. We, we, well, let's give it a shot. Uh, once he says, let's give it a shot, it's over. The stuff you say afterward doesn't matter. Let's no. give it a shot. Well, we haven't done it yet. We haven't done it yet. But I just said, let's give it a shot. So it was just like what he said about Trevor Lawrence to Peter King weeks ago. It was clear they were going to draft Trevor Lawrence, and he stopped short of saying we're going to draft Trevor Lawrence, but it was clear from the context and the words that's what they were going to do. They're signing Tim Tebow. I would be shocked if not. I would be shocked. And, and I don't know if this is just some sort of a, of a slow easing into a hot bath that we can all kind of get used to it. It's taken a couple of weeks, you know, for it to really come out. And maybe this is aimed at people in the organization that may not be thrilled with it. I don't know why this is taking so long. They, they worked him out three times, if, if my understanding of what Myers said is accurate. Three times at least they worked him out. So... I feel like it's coming. It's just a question of when. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, I mean, again, you know, first off, Urban Meyer, he he cherishes Tim Tebow. He does. You could see him just there in that little conversation with Chris Collinsworth. I mean, just the the look on his face, the things he says. You know, oh, he's gonna you know work harder than any human you've ever seen before, and everything like that. Listen, Urban Meyer has been a big believer in Tim Tebow from the college days. I mean, that's and that's where you know, again, that's where I think it rubs some people wrong here. You know, I think at the base level, I don't know how much football value Tim Tebow has on the football field. We, I really don't know. And, of course, we don't know what he can do as a tight end. He's never done it before. And he hasn't well, played well, football. Oh, well, he has. Oh, he has. I know. We that one yesterday. play. That one over play. Over and over and over yes, again. Yes, yes. Great route. Yes, off his head. Great ball skills. Yes, right. So, okay. But now, I mean, hey, it. It's more just looking more than anything, and I think what bothers some people is just an old coach doing a guy a favor and like, hey, yeah, buddy, I'll give you 27 strikes to fail in sports. Don't you just keep coming back. And I think that's where it bothers a lot of athletes, players, people like that, where they just don't feel like they've been given those opportunities so much. And But, but this is a, a rare scenario where a coach is really bought into one guy. I went back and found the story we wrote at PFT when Tim Tebow retired from a baseball career that didn't quite make it to the major leagues, although the Mets did everything they could to push it there for financial reasons. Fine, fine. They're prerogative. It's, it's, it's an entertainment business more than anything else. You want to put a guy on the field who really shouldn't be there because you can sell a bunch of his jerseys and people will come to the games? Good. We got 162 games. You got to get people to show up. But 
when he retired from baseball, I speculated he was going to end up in Jacksonville, not as a player. I never dreamed it would be as a player. I thought it would be as a coach. Bring him in as some sort of assistant to the assistant to the assistant to something, just to have him in the building because of that cronyism. We see a lot of nepotism in football. There's plenty of cronyism, too. Taking care of friends, having guys around that you can trust, guys you know, guys you want to help, guys you like, guys you choose to spend the time sure. with. It's a stretch, though, Chris. This is a big stretch. To make you're him right. a player. Yes. Big stretch. Like, you're, that's the way. You're right. That's part of life. That's part of businesses, everything like that. That's okay if you've got history with the guy in the NFL and he's played maybe recently in the NFL to go along with that. Okay, it's okay. Maybe it's okay for the coaches. Hey, that's under. We, we understand that the players are going to understand that, but players are not going to understand this. That's where it's a stretch to what you're saying. They're not. They're going to go. Wait, there's plenty of there's free agent tight ends out there. There's other guys in college football who who weren't drafted and things like that that you could make the moves and do those type of things. And that's where it's a bad look. It's a total stretch from that standpoint. You know, there's no there's no merit to the signing and it makes no sense. This is not Alden Smith. I've sat out for five years and oh, wait, that's right. I was one of the best edge pass rushers in football and I'm not changing positions. I'm coming back to play the same position I was dominant at before the NFL and I had my issues. This is nowhere near that. That's where it's crazy. It's crazyville. And that's where I I don't understand it. I don't. I don't think it's a good look for Urban Meyer or the Jags, really. Jeff Darlington of ESPN said yesterday, not everyone in the Jaguars building is thrilled about the potential Tim Tebow arrival. That's a point, Chris, you made yesterday. How do you sell this in the locker room? How do you get the other players to accept without the side eye or the eye roll or any other facial expression or bodily gesture that would suggest, what the hell are you doing, coach? How do you pull that off? And I think this is another example of a guy who's never coached at the NFL level in any capacity making the adjustment on the fly. You can't bring the, I'm the emperor of the college football program, I'll do what I want yeah, it's not gonna work. to right. an NFL locker room. Right. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You don't lord over NFL players the way that you lord over college players and if an NFL player has an issue with what you're doing he's going to talk to his buddy about it and they're going to talk to their buddy about it and you're going to have an issue in your locker room that you don't know how to deal with because in Columbus and Gainesville every other stop where Urban Meyer's been he can nip it in the bud pretty quickly because they're all scared crapless of him yeah I mean he's he's been the dictator he's been like you said the the god on campus and everything like that it is different you know, maybe you could have got away with that 20, 30 years ago coming from college to the NFL, right? But it's just a different player altogether in the league. So, I, you know, again, it, we don't hear like those generals who are, you know, always yelling orders and get your toes on the line and all that. That coach doesn't really exist anymore in the NFL. That, that's non-existent. We saw that a little like, right, with like Greg Schiano. And some of that, that was the, the Kellen Winslow chant right. about Greg Shiano. Toes on the line. Toes yeah, on the line. exactly. That attitude doesn't work against grown men. Exactly. It's a disaster. We saw the last guy we really saw with it is Tom Coughlin, maybe, right? Who he even had to go like, wait, I can't be the general I'd like to be. I got to like bow to the players a little bit and change here. It's 2007, 8, whatever. So, yes. So, wait, did he remove the patches from his 
shirt when he decided to no longer be the general? He probably did. He hung up his medals in the closet for a little while and said, I'll be back in a little while after this. But, yeah, uh, Urban Meyer's got to be careful of that. So um, that's, that's going to be one of these moves right now that's going to look like, hey, I'm the king, I like this guy, and I want to give him another chance. And, of course, the players are going to accept it because he is the king. But it is going to make them look out of the side eye and go like, man, why are we doing favors for this guy? What did he do to deserve to be here? Why is he taking my reps right now during seven on seven? I mean, there's all those type of issues. And that's what Urban Meyer is going to have to be very careful about and political about with managing this situation. One thing I struggled with yesterday was the obvious Colin Kaepernick comparison yeah. and the quick knee-jerk, wait a minute. And we talked about it. The strongest argument against Kaepernick now is he hasn't played in the NFL in four years. Well, this guy hasn't played in the NFL in eight seasons, 2013 through 2020, no regular season appearances for Tim Tebow. So it blows out of the water the idea that, well, it's been four years now, that ship has sailed. But it occurred to me yesterday afternoon. There is one common thread between Tebow and Kaepernick. Urban Meyer is the only coach that would have ever signed Tim Tebow. There's no land rush for Agreed. Tim Tebow. Right. There's no buzz that it's making its way through 32 NFL front offices. Hey, did you hear? Tim Tebow's in the greatest shape of his life. Did you hear? He had three awesome workouts in Jack. Should we call Tim Tim Tebow? Should should do we should should we dare we bring Tim Tebow? No, nobody cares. Right. Nobody else right. is going to touch Tim Tebow ever. There's one man in the world who would sign Tim Tebow, and that man is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I say that because I think there's one guy in the world who would sign Colin Kaepernick, and that guy is your friend and mine, Jim Harbaugh, yeah, you're head right coach here, yeah. at Michigan. If he'd gotten the Jacksonville job, he's signing Tim Tebow. Now, maybe there would have been some pushback internally. Maybe Shad Khan would have said, you know, we're running a business here. We're trying not to scare fans away. We want to lure them to come to the games. But Harbaugh is the one guy who has consistently spoken out in favor of Kaepernick. Back when all this started, he was on this program. You sign Colin Kaepernick, you will win championships with an S on the end. So I, I, the, the easy explanation is why Tebow and why not Kaepernick? Because Urban Meyer's the coach of the Jaguars, not Jim Harbaugh. That, I mean, that's it. I mean, we said that yesterday. That's where, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. From the standpoint of football and what he can do from you on the field, but it makes sense in a whole lot of other ways. And we've talked about the business aspect of it in Jacksonville. You know, I feel like the Shad Khan, even him coming out last week and recognizing this conversation, that was another step into like, hey, let's gauge the temperature and make everybody feel comfortable that this is coming to your point and everything like that. So, uh, but, but that and hey, the world and the NFL, especially. I mean, it's become more of like, not. it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that's all through the ranks. And that's part of the problems we have, the issues and, you know, the college and, I mean, uh, in, in, in the coaching ranks as far as lack of diversity and things like that. It's because, hey, I know this guy. I want to work with him. I want to do this. I worked with him. You know, I trust him. Like you said, all of those type of things. So Tebow is getting the benefit of the doubt because he's from the area. He is a godlike figure down in that area. And you're right. The main thing is he has a coach who thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I mean, he treats him like it's a son, you know, an extension of his family. And I think that's just too hard for Urban Meyer to like 
kind of close the door on that. I think he's got a piece of his heart that belongs to Tim Tebow, and that's why we're going to see him there. And there is a fundamental difference beyond the fact that he's not a member of his family. Urban Meyer doesn't own the team. That is the firewall that folks don't understand when it comes to NFL franchises. When you own the team and you are going to eventually age and die and you have children, you groom your children to take over the business. Otherwise, they're going to sell it and there it goes. It's gone. When you're the coach, that doesn't mean that it's a blank check to hire anyone you want without regard to merit. We hear all the time football is a meritocracy. And Chris, I would submit to you, it's not worse now when it comes to nepotism and cronyism. I think we've evolved to the point where we're sensitive to it because it takes away opportunities for others based on merit, yeah, yeah, plain right, and simple. Right. I'm hiring my kid to be the assistant strength coach. Was well, your kid the best choice? I don't care. It's my kid. I'm hiring my friend to be the assistant quarterbacks coach I'm giving the quality control job to my nephew I you know these are things that turn the idea of merit on its head and Tim Tebow is the player equivalent of that you're right right now right the crony the buddy the pal the adopted son whatever you want to say this is a guy who doesn't have the skill to play in the NFL but he's going to be playing in the NFL or at least he's going to be on NFL roster and 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 you know I saw some tweets yesterday that basically, hey, you know, they do crazy things from time to time. George Plimpton once played quarterback for the Lions for a book he was writing or whatever the case was. Yeah, Right, but call it a gimmick. It's a gimmick. Gimmicks happen. This is a gimmick. This isn't real. We're being led to believe it's real. When you see Urban Meyer explain to Chris Collinsworth all these great things he did, he had this workout, oh, he's great, he's got great ball skills, except for that one play when he played tight end. Pay no attention to that play, please. (laughs) But otherwise, trust me, he's great. He's ready. Don't sell me on it being a meritocracy coach when it's a gimmick. Just just admit that it's a gimmick because it is. It's a gimmick, Chris. I mean, it's a gimmick, yes, to all of us. But is it a gimmick to, you know, to Urban Meyer? Not to him. Not to to Tim Tebow. No, it's not to him. I'm not sure it is to Urban Urban Meyer either. I think he looks at the guy like – you know, I think if he sits there and he wants to move a mountain, he can. He might be able to move that mountain. I think he looks at Team Te- Te- Tim Tebow like that. He does. Maybe everybody else that's coached in the NFL since 2012 is wrong. Maybe everyone else has gotten it wrong. They have missed this diamond in the rough. Antonio Gates in training. They could have had him. They could have had the original Kellen Winslow. They could have had Tony Gonzalez, and they all missed out because they all didn't have the foresight to have this guy show up, run routes, and demonstrate that he's in the greatest shape of his life. Isn't it funny? Anytime anyone is ever in any shape, they're in the greatest shape of their life. Of course. At some point, you... You 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 can't continuously be in the greatest shape of your life. At some point, it is going to. Well, go that's another thing point, too. You know, we're hot dog. We're talking about an athlete who ran four seven at the combine and has not played football in eight years. I mean, do we think? He, do people think he's going to be faster? He's going to be faster than when he came out of college? Oh, that's right. No, he won't. You know. And then I think that's like I was I was texting with an ex teammate, you know, the uh, yesterday, and this came up just real quick, right? But I think he brought up a good point in the fact that basically saying like, you know, the, the guy had a the, the league wanted him to move the tight end and do those things and wanted to give him a chance there. And he said, no, 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 to the point where he quit the sport because he wouldn't do it. And then he comes back because what? 
Now he doesn't know what to do. Baseball didn't work. So now I'll change and I'll come back. You know, and I think that's what it, it say it or not. Players might say it. They might not. I don't know. But that's going to piss players off because nobody is given that chance. Nobody almost in the history of football has been given those opportunities. And with this time of day right now, 2021 and everything that's going on in the world, sorry, that's part of the conversation here. And it just has a bad look on the optics because of that. That's that's what I came. But I thought that was a valid point there, too, by an ex-teammate who I don't want to put on blast. But uh, I think it does rub some people the wrong way, especially ex-athletes, ex-football players. And current football players and current are going to rub right. the wrong way. Right. There, there is a constant churning of guys at the bottom of a roster trying to get on a team, stay on a team, busting their asses, never checked out, never went and played some other sport and ventured back to football, and, and now just expects to show up and be giving preferential treatment by his former college coach. And the way Meyer explained it, if you were paying attention closely to what he said earlier in the clip we played, Tebow reached out to them. I, I don't know whether or not I choose to believe that since it is a gimmick and they're trying to make us think it's not a gimmick. So I, I, I reserve the right to call BS on any aspect of what's said about it because the whole thing is coded in BS. But frankly, sorry, I'll do respect. We, we're here to, to, to shoot rid the straight. world of as much BS as we can. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's, there's reason for people to be resentful within the Jaguars organization. There's reason for other players to be resentful. The Devin Bush tweet that we mentioned earlier. I mean, Devin Bush, he, he's the one that pointed out yesterday, Tebow got a job before Kaepernick. Wait till we play Jacksonville. I don't know what the Z's are supposed to mean. I'll leave it to the eye of the beholder to interpret. And then Devin Bush got upset because Bleacher Report you know, mentioned that he said what he said. I always love it when... What the hell is up with this NFL lately? People in the NFL, they say something for attention. We give them attention, and then they get mad because we gave them attention. I, I, it's, it's the, hey, everybody, look at me. What the hell are you looking at? It's, That's the mindset. It's weird. I, I don't. It's a, it's a thing with our society right now. Like, the hell with sports. It's like... You know, you're going down the highway right now, and if somebody, the, the, the person in front of you is driving down the middle of the lane on both lanes, right, right, right on the white line and texting, and you pull up to them and give them the finger, and, what the, and they're mad at you. They're like, how dare you call? I mean, it's, it's a common thing well, right now. How dare you? Yeah. How dare you call think, me out for breaking the law and looking at my Instagram right. while I'm driving 90? What a let, jerk let, you let, are. Let me just, let me just make yeah. a general observation. Yes. I tend to be a student of the human condition. Right. When you give someone the finger, right. wh whatever the context, yes. whatever happened to precede the giving of the finger, chances are the reaction is not going to be a positive. Well, that's, you, that's just... Well, I, you're right. But you know what? I feel like a real good human who might be doing that and on Instagram driving between two lanes and then somebody like honked and gave him the finger like, dude, what are you doing? I'd be like, man, you're right. I'm sorry. What the hell am I doing? Give him a little wave and like get back on my two hands on the steering wheel. But no. Did one of us actually give the finger? Did one of us actually give the finger while oh, we were doing that example? I, I don't know. I think I stuck up. I think I did this. I think I did that. I don't think I actually oh, no, put no, the finger. No, okay, no, good, good. No, I'm just we're saying, but, I was nervous there for a second. I didn't. Yeah. Because once you start demonstrating, you talk with your hands. You talk about giving the finger. You just never know. No, but, I wasn't yeah. sure. Yeah, you're right yeah. when you said it. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, oh no, maybe I did. Uh, but I didn't mean. I but I didn't mean to change the subject. But yes, come on, Devin Bush. Like, what do you think? You're the middle <laughs> linebacker from Michigan. You're a first-round pick from Pittsburgh. 
Like we're, we're going to look at your Instagram. We're all looking. Don't have an Instagram then if you don't want people to pay attention to it. I, that makes no sense. I don't understand that either, Mike. But uh, let's, let's address some of the narratives back that emerged yesterday yeah. on Twitter. Uh, Pete has collected some of them. Joshua Bell, how do you know that Tebow doesn't deserve the job when you didn't see his workout? What Joshua Bell said is if you haven't seen his workout, you probably shouldn't say he doesn't deserve anything. For all we know, he did a fantastic job at the trials. Yeah, for all, for all we know, for all we know, he ran a 4-5. For all we know, he chased that chicken and he caught it. For all we know, he's going to eat lightning and he's going to crap thunder. But I think we're allowed to apply common sense and logic to this and say, this isn't some magical aligning of metaphysical forces that all of a sudden have turned this guy into a tight end yes, god. Yes, exactly. This is someone doing a favor for a buddy. Right. Period. And common sense. And he's and Joshua Bell, he's never played the position before other than one play. Like... So I, I don't I don't know what else you want to say there. Like, okay, yeah, the workout looked good. Great. Like, listen, like no disrespect, but, you know, you if you give me a month, you give Eli Manning a month, all right, and just say, hey, let's train and work on just running tight end routes and things like that. We don't have to block anybody. All we have to do is go run routes and catch the ball. We're going to look pretty good in a workout. Like, so what? That means nothing. He is. We know he's an he's an in shape athlete. He's not like some fool. I get that, but that that means nothing to me. The fact that he was in shape for a workout and trust me, it didn't blow anybody out of the water to that extent. Urban can say all he wants to Chris Collinsworth. If it blew him out of the water to that extent, like Jacksonville people that were there, they would have probably called other coaches around the league and said something, and then you would have maybe been like, "Man, Tebow's right." Like. Come on. Yeah. That's an insane thought. Well, you sign thought. him that day. If he blows you out of the water, you sign him that day before Exactly. We don't out. have three workouts. Right. Exactly. We've got a new and improved Tim Tebow. Not only is he in the greatest shape of his life, he somehow transformed his natural skills beyond a point that anyone ever would have expected. And if we don't sign him, someone else is going to figure it out, and they're going to get him on the team. We have a potential to have a secret weapon here. It's Wor workouts. Baloney, common sense. It is. Logic. And workouts say nothing. Workouts are done in the NFL just to go like, wait, let's see if the guy's healthy. Let's just see him in person. It's not like, you know, it's not, again, they're going to be evaluated for what they've done on the field or what they do on the field ultimately. But like if it was a real tight end, a real tight end, again, they're going to have watched him on film. Now they're going to have a workout only just to go, hey, let's see him run and catch, make sure he's healthy, see everything he can do, everything physically. That's it. You're not going like, oh, he really improved. Uh-oh, he's coming out of breaks full speed. Man, look at that swim, swim move against imaginary no one in front of him in this workout. Like, no, that's not what a workout's about. He couldn't have proved to anybody to the point to like during a workout that it's like, oh, he can do it. He can play tight end. Look, he collapsed the right side of the line on that run play, and then the next play got open against Miles Jack. He's ready. No, come on, stop. That, that, so I don't need to know Joshua Bell. I know it wasn't so great that he needs to be signed on an NFL football team. I'm, I'm sorry. That, maybe that's not the best answer in the world. But it's a, it's Colin Baird says, whose reps is he stealing? Who's in the Jaguars' tight end room right now? That, that is tied to this narrative of, hey, they, they, they have no one – at the position they need the help well okay the easy answer to that is there are qualified individuals out there who are looking for jobs there are people who have played tight end in the nfl yes. who would very much like to continue their careers there's no shortage 
of tight ends. There's there's no tight end pipeline that's been hacked and shut down by the Russians. That there are tight ends galore if you want a tight end. That it's yeah, you you're not happy with the tight ends you have, you go find one of the ones from the qualified group of tight ends who are out there that you can bring in and work out and put on your team who have played the position at some respectable level and have shown they can do it. That's what you do. You don't go you don't go, you know, for some sideshow routine to bring in to play tight end. That's the easy answer to that one. Chris. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you said it right. Yeah, exactly. You know, whose reps is he stealing? Yeah, some of the guys that we don't know their names or don't know a lot about them, but they are tight ends in the NFL. He's stealing their reps and their ability to get better that way. And then, like, who's in the Jaguars tight end right now? I, I mean, again, it's not a strong group. I understand that. Tim Tebow doesn't make it stronger. What? Like, get the hell out of here. I mean, it, it, it's all, it's, when you say it out loud, it almost makes it sound like it's weaker. Like, that doesn't make sense. You didn't make the room better that way. It's not like, ah, uh, we got Tim in here now, guys. The tight end room's complete. We're good, guys. We're good. We've, we're not looking for free agents anymore. Like, get out of here. Well, well, well that, that means nothing. And he does not improve the tight end room. And all the things you said are really spot on. Another one, he can be the Jaguars' version of Taysom Hill. Oh, my gosh. Get the hell out of here. I bet people thought Taysom Hill was a waste of a roster spot as well. He ran a 4-5. Yeah, he ran a 4-4. 4-4 at his pro day. Ran 4-4-4. Even better. Right. Even faster. Right. And, like, I mean, legit explosion. And let's not forget Taysom Hill. Like, legit arm. This is not like Tim Tebow where we just throw fluttering ducks in the air at quarterback all the time either. So, no, it's not the same. And I hear, I hear people, uh, we got one here, right, at Spoggy. He could also play the Taysom Hill role. He's an incredible athlete. He's not the same athlete as Taysom Hill. Taysom yeah. Hill can beat Alvin Kamara in a race. Tim Tebow cannot. That's insane. And if you want to run that offense, you have two running backs. Put Travis Etienne at quarterback and let him run the ball, and James Robinson can be next to him running the ball. So that's, that's not an option either. Like, th that would not be a realistic thing for anyone credible in the NFL to be thinking about. Let me get the guy who hasn't played eight years, wasn't really that fast to begin with, but now, hey, I'm going to give him some reps at quarterback. And we're, we drafted the number one quarterback in the draft, but we're going to put him on the bench for a few plays so Tebow can run behind the pulling guard. Okay, get the hell out of here. People are losing their damn minds over this. <laughs> and, and let me tell you a quick Taysom Hill story just to – illustrate the athleticism that he possesses right back before anyone knew about Taysom Hill and he was just a special teamer on the Saints and he was running down on kick coverage punt coverage whatever I think it was primarily kickoff coverage when you got to run down the field he, he was so fast it made the other guys look slow and they'd get called out in the film right. room for not right. busting their asses down the field because Hill was so much faster than everyone else and it it popped on film that, hey, 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 guys, come on, get the lead out. Look, I mean, look, Taysom's down there. Where are you? And it's like, yeah, because he is faster than almost everybody in the building, and, and that's the difference between Taysom Hill and Tim Tebow. Taysom Hill is a legitimate NFL competitor. Tim Tebow at this point is a gimmick, period. Yeah. Um, here's another one, and, and this one has, I think, a little more to unpack than, than the basic knee-jerk, hey, you're just wrong. The idea that this is like taking a basketball player who's never played in the NFL, never played football, 
and and you know an Antonio Gates, a Jimmy Graham. This is a guy who's a project. We're going to make him a tight end. Brian Wilder pointed this out on Twitter. Miami just signed a kid who's never played football as a tight end. He played basketball only. That's Jibbery Blunt from North Carolina Central, the son of of uh, Hall of Famer Mel Blunt. But that's a clear project. That's not a gimmick. That is a we're taking a guy who is a lump of clay that right. we think can be molded into a right. player. And has the, the body clay, of the, the perfect is, tight end already. Yeah. And, and like has all the measurables you want that have we've already seen NFLs and the t- NFL tight ends have these measurables in this size and it translates to greatness, not ex quarterbacks who are six one, two hundred and twenty pounds. But go ahead, keep going. Yeah. yeah. No, no, that my point. But this yeah. is not a lump of clay. This is a broken, cracked, dried out bowl. That, that already the clay was turned into something and it didn't work. And like you said, he had his chance eight, nine years ago to become a tight end, and he said he didn't want to do it. Right. And he, and he left the sport, and that's that. So this is far different than, than you know panning for gold or looking for a needle in a haystack and finding the right build, the right frame, the right guy who, who can come in and you can, you can almost manufacture in a laboratory into a perfect NFL tight end. Far different. Uh than that but yes you know could you is is Jibri Blunt ready to walk in and play tight end of the NFL right now no but there's a ceiling for him that just isn't there for Tim Tebow no exactly right I mean they're hoping to get a guy like an Antonio Gates or a Tony Gonzalez or some of the other stories we've heard about you know Jimmy Graham right it's those kind of those guys are freaks of nature First off, and this guy, Jabiri Blunt, has some of those skills too. That's why he's been giving that shot. It's like, hey, he's a he's got, you know, some size we like that makes sense for the position. And then he has some physical things he does that are like really special. So let's see if we can work with him. None of that is that's not a part of the conversation with Tebow. Yeah, I know he's gonna work hard and do all those things. But, you know, that's the other thing, too, you hear, Mike. Like, well, he might help the culture down there. What? Like, crazy. First off, you don't want Tim Tebow framing your culture, really. You don't. You'd like Trevor Lawrence and some of the other leaders to take advantage of that. And to, like, to say how silly that is, people aren't going to, like, Miles Jack's not going to be like, oh, man, Tim Tebow, our ninth tight end on the roster's out here catching a few extra balls. Let me stay out here and work, too. Like, come on. That's not the kind of guy or story they follow here. That's This is fairy tale land, some of this stuff people are talking about th- right now. Uh, th- think about this, too. The day that the draft was due to begin, the day that Trevor Lawrence was going to hear his name called, to cap a process where he had taken a back seat to Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, nobody was paying attention. Nobody cared because everybody knew it was preordained Lance, uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence was the guy. And then just hours before the process begins, they leak to NFL media that they may be signing Tim Tebow. If you're Trevor Lawrence, you're like, what the hell? Yeah, I'm the new face of the franchise. I'm the number one overall pick in the draft. What the hell's Tim Tebow have to do with anything? So, you know, you want to change the culture, you make him an assistant coach. You find a job for him so he's in the building. You wedge him onto the organizational chart because he has value to your team. You don't give him a roster spot with an eye toward giving him one of the 53 roster spots or finding a way to force him onto the field just to prove that you were right. Because because here's what will happen. They'll come up with some play, Chris, that you or I could have run and caught a touchdown pass from the three-yard line. They'll come up with something. You know, the, the, the standard 
trick play that that pops a, an offensive lineman open for a touchdown, like the one we almost saw in the Super Bowl. They'll do something like that, and that'll be vindication for Urban Meyer. No, no, it's it it won't be. But but I guarantee you, we're going to see him in uniform, and we're going to see him play if they sign him. If they sign him, it's possible that this is the the byproduct of the Chris Doyle situation where they hired him, they got the blowback, and they had to move on from him. It may be that they're they're making sure, eh, you know, speak now, forever hold your peace. Yeah, we're going to sign Tim Tebow. We're going to sign Tim Tebow just to to flesh out the reaction before they finally do it. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe you know, maybe they are just gauging this, gauging the temperature around this conversation and all that. But listen, we roasted Rodgers and everybody did for hijacking the draft. Tim Tebow tried to do the same type of thing. I, I don't know who represents him right now. Pro, I think it's CAA, whatever it is. But that was a planned attack. He wasn't signed by a team. Nothing had happened. Yes, they had obviously reached out to Urban. They re released that information, too, before the draft. I mean, Jacksonville didn't. They weren't like, hey, this is our big night. It's the, one of the biggest drafts of our organization's history. Hey, let's let's put out that Tebow nugget and get everybody go. Like I no. No. That was released by Tebow. So, like again, if we're going to roast Rodgers for doing that type of thing, this is far more egregious and ridiculous that he did it. It is. I mean, Rodgers had a point to be angry and had like some true things in his corner to where he could you could justify it. Uh so that's where I and, guess it rubs and, me wrong that way. And but for the Rodgers thing, it would have worked. Yes. Because it was just minutes after the Tebow leak that Shefty decided now was the time to let the world know that Aaron Rodgers is disgruntled. He'd known about it for a while. I don't want to, regardless, Rodgers, whoever wanted it out, yeah. it trumped Tim Tebow before the Tim Tebow story could get off the ground. Let's take a break. Speaking of draft day, there were some trades. There were some trades we were wondering about, some trades that happened, some trades that didn't. There's one, one that we found out about yesterday may have happened. Could have happened, didn't happen. We'll talk about that one next when PFT Live continues. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat. Protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I made a charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. 
The Falcons posted a video yesterday from their draft room, and in the video that they posted, general manager Terry Fontenot took a call from the Lions while the Falcons were on the clock. Right. Fontenot and the caller, presumably Lions GM Brad Holmes, had a short conversation, which Fontenot says unless he's calling with a much better deal than he'd offered in their previous discussions, the Falcons are going to stay put and take Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. So the Lions were trying to make a move. The Lions were trying to get to number four. And, you know, Chris, the obvious reaction is they wanted Kyle Pitts. But no. I think when we when we fold in the Brad Holmes reaction uh-huh. to getting Penny Sewell at seven, it it helps to better understand his excitement because he was going to give up assets to get him at four. I think that's the right interpretation. I, I agreed. I think that's why he had a little giggle even with us the other day talking to us because he was like, we got a guy that we just didn't think there was any chance we were going to get at seven. you know. And, and yeah, I'm with you, Mike. I think that trade would have been totally for Penny Sewell. Again, this look, look, look at him in. Look at how he's reacting. They're so excited. I mean, he had to have been maybe the number one, number two player on their board, but this is how they want to build their team. Uh, so I think Penny Sewell was a guy they were looking to trade to get to number four for. Like you're saying, they have TJ Hawkinson. He was the number nine pick in the draft just two years ago. They didn't need another top 10 tight end to go along with it. So from that standpoint, that's where it's awesome. And Mike, honestly, even with the video being released, I feel like that was part of why they released it. A little to be like, look. You know, like, look, we were trying to trade, and we still got the guy we wanted at seven. It was awesome day. Well, like, but the Falcons released it. Oh, the, I'm I was wrong then. I was wrong. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, the Falcons so that doesn't work as good. Okay, sorry, My, I'm wrong on that and, one. And and you, you gotta wonder that. what the Falcons wanted because right, it it took a first round pick to go from twelve to six when the Eagles and the Dolphins did that deal. Eagles had the sixth pick. Dolphins had the twelfth. That was a first rounder to do that flip flop. It was. Two extra first rounders in a three to go from twelve to three. Are the and Peter King made this point before the draft that maybe one of the reasons we won't see as many drafts in the top ten or trades, excuse me, in the top ten is because the 49ers gave up so much to move from twelve to three. Yeah, it it results in a higher price right. being applied to other trades. I mean, you know, and and you got the Lions with extra first round picks because of the. Matthew Stafford trade in 2022 and 2023, maybe the Falcons were demanding a first round pick for that, for that trade. And if they did want Sewell and they avoided giving up a first round pick to get Sewell, that's reason to pound on the table. If you're Brad Holmes, definitely, definitely like should be excited about that. You know, if that's the guy that you had your, 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 you know, your eye on or the bullseye on all along and you end up getting them, that's amazing. And listen, I don't, I mean, yes, I think your point about the 49ers or what Peter said, I mean, it's very real. I've heard that. That affected the market as far as what was expected to trade up and things like that. But also, I think Atlanta looked at it as we've heard from a lot of people. I mean, Kyle Pitts was top two, top three player on a lot of people's board. And I think within what they're trying to do, right, with Arthur Smith and become a little bit of that Tennessee Titans offense and run the ball and have a Joe New Smith and play action pass and those type of things, like he really fits, you know, like Penny Sewell fits the culture of what the Lions want to do. The same thing for Kyle Pitts and the Falcons. I think he's a special player that also fits kind of how they're trying to build their team and what they're trying to do on the offensive side of the ball. So I can understand them not wanting to trade out unless they really got 
you know, something that really blew their doors off. Yeah, uh, I agree with you completely, and uh, it's just neat to understand maybe a little bit more about what was going on when Brad Holmes was as excited as he was. Now, now, Chris, one angle that we haven't discussed, what if they were trying to get up there to cut the line to get Jamar Chase? I, because they do need receivers. Sure, I know. I, I mean, that that definitely could be a possibility. You're you're right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't have an answer for you there. Uh, I just have a feeling just with those coaches, Dan Campbell, like we've talked about, that this would be more their cup of tea, this kind of guy. They're going to win games at the line of scrimmage. That's kind of the DNA of all these coaches, the people in the front office, everything that way. So, you know, again, Jamar Chase certainly would have helped, but I don't think they look at it as a, as a valuable as position as they do a franchise left tackle. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And again, the, the best evidence that that it was Sewell is the Brad Holmes reaction because the re- in and of itself, it's like, man, why are you so excited? I mean, everybody thought Sewell was going to fall to seven anyway. Well, yeah. Well, when you're when you're in the middle of it, you're a little more nervous because you're thinking maybe the Falcons are going to take him. Maybe maybe the, the, the Bengals are going to take him. You know, maybe somebody's going to trade in front of us at number six and take him with the Dolphins, who are always open for business. So that was probably a nerve-wracking hour for the Lions while they waited for Sewell to slide, and it would explain. You don't give up more to get him. You stay put. He falls to you, and it's party time in Detroit. Let's go ahead and take a quick break here. When we return, it's party time for Robert Woods. He was on the program a few weeks back talking about number two. Jalen Ramsey wanted it. Robert Woods wanted it. One of them got it. We'll talk about that next here on PFT. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. If and when the NFL does open up single digits to running backs, receivers, tight ends, linebackers, and defensive backs... You're going to have, I don't know how you're going to resolve it. Jalen Ramsey already wants number two. (laughs) Is this a seniority thing? You've been there longer. How does this, is it a tug of war? Is it, is it arm wrestling? What do you do to figure out who gets number two? Oh, just a little sit down and talk with him. We already uh, had a little words as you can see on social media discussing the two. I know he's Jalen 2.0, but we might just have to, uh, you know, wear number zero, you know, bring that into play. 
Well, they've had that conversation. It's resolved. It's done. Robert Woods. That is an altered image, by the way, obviously. But he will be wearing number two. It was announced yesterday by the Rams. Woods gets two. Ramsey doesn't. He stays with 20. Oh, I wish we could figure uh, out or no. I wish we could call Robert Woods right now and be like, how did this go down? Like, how did this get decided? I also want to know how many Robert Woods 17 jerseys he had to buy. Because remember, if you're a veteran with a current team, it's easy when you're changing teams. Like Patrick Peterson, he could slide into number seven, which he's doing in Minnesota because there's no inventory of Patrick Peterson 21 jerseys in Minnesota but for every other player who's with his team and wants to take advantage of this new relaxation of the rules you have to buy at retail are you kidding me NFL retail you're making them pay retail but they are for their own jersey retail for their own jersey you got to buy all of the jerseys that are left at retail And I don't know how many Robert Woods jerseys are out there, but apparently not so many that it scared him away from doing it, Chris. Yeah. No, I think, you know, he's that guy, right, who we know is a really, really good football player. But, and I don't mean this to, I mean, because I have the ultimate respect for Robert Woods, but I I, I don't mean to be disrespectful here. But, yeah, not the kind of guy that the fans are lining up at the stores for to buy their jersey, right? Uh, I don't, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk there. Just trying to keep it real about the situation. So, yeah, I think that it was probably a number that he could swallow to a degree to go, okay, all right, this is not a huge, you know, it's a, whatever. I would imagine a few thousand dollars maybe. And for that. It's not the, it's not the one and a half million that Dalvin Cook exactly was going to Exactly right. It's not that. He's not one of the stars or the actual, like, main focal point of the football team that everybody wants to get that jersey. Robert Woods, like, let's be honest, where is he, you think, in the pecking order? of the Rams stars, right? I mean, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey lead the, lead the show there. You know, then on the offensive side of the ball, you got Stafford now. And now maybe you get into the Robert Woods Cooper Cup conversation, right? I mean, I, so he's the fourth or fifth guy on that team, which would probably mean there's not a ton of jerseys in stock for him. Think about it. How many teams out there, the first two guys you think of are defense? Right? Isn't that crazy? That you're going to buy their jersey. Yeah. It's going to be Ramsey. And it's going to be Donald. And you know what? It's entirely possible – that's how they resolved this. Jalen Ramsey got the quote from the NFL. That's what on happened. What it would cost him That's to what go happened. to two. Woods got the quote uh-huh. and they realized, okay, yeah, you can have no, it. Don't worry. Hey, hey, Robert, you can have right. yourself out. Uh, Mike, I bet two. you that's what happened. <laughs> I see. That's why it's good to be talking about this stuff. We stumble on answers every now and then. You're right. I would bet you Jalen Ramsey had a number that was close to Dalvin Cook, where they were probably like, hey, you'd have to pay us back. $900,000 or a million dollars. And he was like, screw that. 20 has been good for me since I've been in the NFL. So just go. Now I'm it. curious to find out. Yeah. I th- I'm going to pick around a little bit today. If I remember, because it's schedule release day, it's kind of a busy day, kind it of is. an exciting day. It's easy woop, to woop. focus on, on far more important things like why Jalen Ramsey didn't try harder to get number two. Other number changes you saw up there. Uh, some guys are, are making the change and it's easier to do it. If you're a rookie, it's easier to do it. If you're changing teams, Deshaun Jackson, changing teams, he's wearing number one this year so it's going to be weird it's going to take some getting used to it is to see these guys in single digit numbers to see linebackers in the 20s it's, it's going to take a little time look at Darius Slay is going from 24 to 2 
in Philadelphia. Another situation where not a lot of Slay Eagles jerseys on the shelves out there. No. So it's not a big check for him to write. Leonard Fournette, not a big check for him to write. Not a lot of 28 nope. Buccaneers Fournette jerseys last season. No, you're right. I, I mean, really, on this list here, there's nobody you look at to go. Uh, the only one that I would probably go, I wonder, like Buda Baker. He became, became kind of a household name last year. I mean, one, because he signed the contract, two, because of the DK Metcalf thing. But I think everybody realized, like, damn, this guy's one of the better safeties in football. I would say out of that list right there, he'd probably be the guy that had to write the biggest check to change his number. Are you suggesting that after that epic play when DK Metcalf chases Buda Baker down with that awesome head start that Baker had and Metcalf makes the tackle, that there were kids out there watching the game saying, I got to get the jersey of the guy who was tackled. Not exactly. Not exactly. (laughs) No, I'm not suggesting. But I do think it helped his brand and for us to know him a little bit. But when you put it like that, no. No, definitely not. But he is still one of the best safeties in the game. Let's take a break. We're going to change things up a little bit here today. Because later in the second hour of the program, we'll know the week one games. We want to save some time to talk about that. So we're going to do our draft now or after the break. And we're going to focus on the teams that need a strong September. In other words, a weak September schedule. We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. 